Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 88th episode. I'm again joined by Andy from GPS Training. Hi Andy, how are you? Good, thank you. Have you been up to much over the last month? I've had a trip up to Scotland. Very nice. Done some paddle boarding. Paddle boarding. And learnt that I don't have very good balance. <laughs> so my balance hasn't improved. Um, I've even had a fishing lesson in the last few days. So it's all about the water. I think it sounds like your daughter's on a school holiday at the moment, Sandy. School holidays, yeah. <laughs> the fishing lesson wasn't for me, but I got involved in there. Uh, I've got an 11-year-old who's got amazing balance on a paddleboard, just found it very amusing that I don't have very good balance. Putting your father to shame by the sounds of it. Yeah, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to persevere because I have been told the paddleboarding, if I do improve my balance, can help with our running and trail running all about your body's core and, and stability and getting your body, the whole core. Um, so I've been told, so I'm going to do a bit more paddleboarding. That sounds perfect. Brilliant. So in this month's podcast... We're going to discuss the new limited edition Chorus Apex 2 Pro Chamonix edition. We're going to look at a new series we're doing on YouTube, all about the frequently asked questions we are being asked. Then we'll look at various map options available on outdoor GPS, and the pros and cons of each. And then finally, we have Andy's top tips. So the first thing on this month's GPS training podcast is the limited edition Chorus Apex 2 Pro Chamonix edition. Um, it's such a good product, this Andy. I see you bought one for yourself. I've got one on my wrist as we speak. So, I think you were very impressed um, with it, weren't you? So, um, yeah. So, first of all, let's go back. I know we've talked a little bit about Overcrows over the last uh, few podcasts, but let's quickly go back to um, uh, what is a Corus Apex Two, kind of where it sits in the marketplace, and again, let's yeah, let's, and then what's the difference about this limited edition? So Coros is a brand um, of multi-activity GPS watches that have been out a number of years now. Within the Coros brand, they have a few different models. At GPS training, we've went for the sort of middle range, which is the Apex 2 and Apex 2 Pro watches, because we, we feel that they sit nicely in with the sort of portfolio that we've already got and the typical sort of activities that our customers are using the watches for, which tends to be more the hiking, walking, and sort of trail running activities. Um, and it was just nice to have um, a different product in. We, we obviously stock a lot of products at GPS training, but it's nice to be able to offer just a different brand and something a little bit different just to be more impartial and have a different choice for customers. Um, with the Apex 2 and Apex 2 Pro watches, the way I look at them, that the it's a mid-priced watch, um, but it's a mid-priced watch made with some high quality materials. For someone looking for a multi-activity watch that has a lot of functionality, which I'll cover some of the basics, but with a tough sapphire scratch resistant screen and a titanium bezel that we normally see in a higher priced watch. So it's given customers a choice of a lower price, mid price watch, but with some high end sort of materials. 
um, which you know again it, it, it's designed to be a tough watch and used in the outdoors so I think having that sapphire screen and the titanium bezel it is brilliant. Do you know I, I, actually we're recording this on Thursday which is the 31st of August and the podcast comes out tomorrow which is the 1st of September on next Wednesday or which would be the what, 4th or 5th of 6th of um, I'm getting confused of September I did my walk and talk with the chorus goes out on YouTube that Wednesday 11.45 and that what you've done is nicely summarise exactly what my thoughts were when I did the walk and talk was it's a lot of GPS unit for not a lot of money when you compare it with other brands you know there's there's it, it it's limited in a few features you no know, maps and and various other bits and bobs but actually it's it's half the price of a current i'm gonna say current phoenix a higher end phoenix yeah Yeah. but it's got that quality material i mean what i really like it's with the sapphire screen and the titanium bezel it's still a really lightweight watch it's a compact watch it's not too big on your wrist for someone looking for that smaller watch but with the quality materials and the weight um we're only looking at when you look at the apex 2 pro it comes in at 53 grams the apex 2 is just slightly smaller so that's a smaller version of the apex 2 pro it's 42 grams so you don't know you're wearing it um and that's a key thing for me is it's not big and bulky like many of the outdoor gps watches are i think it's it's not cumbersome at all is it and and what I normally found on a smaller watch tends to mean a smaller battery, but I've been very impressed with the battery life. Now, you know, I mean, I love all the brands we sell. I've had Garmin watches that I love to bits. I find it so hard picking what I want to use. I've got Garmin watches that have got mega big battery life that will go more than the Apex 2 Pro that I'm using, but they're big watches on my wrist. So I look at the Apex 2 Pro that I'm wearing currently as my main watch, I can get 75 hours battery with GPS recording. A lot of the activities I do, I don't need the multiband and dual frequency. I find the GPS suffices. If I do need to pick up five satellites on the multiband, I'm still getting an impressive 45 hours. So it's a watch that gives you multiband. Um, The Apex 2 Pro over the Apex 2 has the dual frequency for more challenging environments. That does drop the battery down to 26 hours, but that's using multiband and the L1 and L5. Um, Dead easy to see in bright sunlight, like we'd expect with any outdoor watch. We've mentioned the tough screen. Um, It does have maps on the watches. We know they're not as good as the Garmin maps, but it's better, I still feel, than having a black and white screen when we're using it for navigation. I find the app extremely easy and fast to transfer GPX files, routes onto the watch. I found it so seamless. Um, getting routes on and following your route on the watch, it, it's a good experience. A bit we don't have the more detailed maps we have on some of the higher end Garmin watches. It's still a nice experience following a route on the watch. So it's so funny because Andy and I had the conversation earlier in the week. I, my, my, I have to move on to watches. So I use a watch, learn how to use it, like or dislike and then move on to my next watch just sadly the job that we have to live here and uh, my my final walk was supposed to be my walk and talk which was recorded a couple of weeks ago on the chorus and i must say it's actually still on my wrist as we speak and i saw andy andy actually sent me a gpx file for an event that we're both doing this saturday and uh, i i quickly transferred it onto my chorus watch and went ah oh, well i'm gonna use the chorus watch for this weekend rather than swapping to another one and i, I i'm not sad about that actually i, I really like the watch um and and i'm going to move on to something which is a lot more expensive but actually i'm quite sad to see the end 
on my wrist of the chorus. And I know you, well, you upgraded yours for the this limited edition, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, what I did for you when I did that GPX file for the event that me and John are doing this weekend, all of the checkpoints and feed stations was so simple to add on the chorus app. And what that means when me and John are using the watches this weekend, when we're navigating the route, there's a screen that will show us the distance to the next checkpoint and the name of the checkpoint i've actually put in the cut in cut off times in the name so that's nice to see now i have a feeling i know i'm going to talk about this a little bit more in the next bit of the podcast but i'm doing some beta testing on some beta software for the watch now i can't remember that's just been rolled out actually it was all rolled out in a software update two days ago that came out to everybody for I the chorus yeah the came there's out a couple my of things i think are limited but there's one thing i've noticed which i don't think was on the watch before on the screen when when this is when we're navigating with the Apex 2 or Apex 2 Pro where me and John will see the checkpoint that's coming up it'll actually give us the elevation to that checkpoint so let's say we've now got 500 feet or a thousand feet of climbing to get to that next checkpoint so we, I find that really We need useful. to discuss these checkpoints Andy for Saturday. Have you ever seen an event with so many checkpoints? It's too fly <laughs> me and John the event me and John are doing um, on paper is 22 miles and we've got five checkpoints where me and John are used to one checkpoint every 48 miles. So. <laughs> I was looking at this, like, and I've got, I downloaded the, the information and Andy said, email me later. And I said, here's the GPX file. I put the, uh, I put the uh, checkpoints in for you. I looked where checkpoints every, what, four or five miles. I kind of thought, how many of those are you going to stop at Andy? Do you think, mate, let's, let's, do you think you'll stop at many of them? Um, or not? Probably none of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did the event me and John are doing, I've already recced it earlier in the year and I did it with a friend and of course we didn't have any checkpoints so we stopped for lunch halfway around and just went round. So. I kind of pondered that. I thought, do you know what? I, yeah, if you stop at every checkpoint for 10 minutes, yeah. you've lost an hour when you really so. I'm wondering if you see there might be a lot of people doing the event who don't have the beauty of our GPS devices and watches and they're worried people are going to get lost and it's just so they know where people are. No, I mean, we shouldn't joke about oh, well, that. I, I, mean, the, the, I mean, the checkpoints will be there so yeah. they can monitor where people are. Yeah. Not everyone's got trackers and mm-hmm. GPSs. But uh, yeah, no, I, I was surprised there were five, <laughs> five checkpoints. But yeah, we'll use the Coros watches this weekend. Um, you, the other features, I mean, full features are found on my website under the Stone GPS watches, but, you know, it does heart rate, they do pulse ox, it records all your activities, you get all your fitness stats, you use it for navigation. Both the Apex 2 and Apex 2 Pro have got the, the multi-band, obviously the Apex 2 Pro, sorry, is the one with the dual frequency and the bigger battery. And it's just a nice watch if you're looking for an alternative with something with a sapphire screen and a titanium bezel. So we've got this new limited edition Chamonix. So what's different about it, Andy, compared to um, what we've got on the, the standard? Um, yeah. No, it's actually exactly the same price, isn't it? So there's yeah, no it's extra... a lovely colour. <laughs> and, and there's only 3,000 of them made. But joking aside, I've been using the Apex 2 Pro, a grey one that I've had for the last few months. I even got the watch before me and John started stocking them and distributing them i was keen to try one because i've got friends in a running group who were using them so i was lucky enough to obtain a gray one and when the special edition came out so what chorus do from time to time they'll bring out a limited edition where it's more to do with sometimes there's extra accessories in this case it's just actually the color that's different but i really i like to be different and so many years I've, i've used black watches black watches black watches so it's like actually nice to have um i've had a blue and white garmin before the Coros Grey watch I liked, but I had a friend who was looking for a watch and I thought, you know what it is, if you would kindly take this grey one off my hands, 
even though all the features and everything are exactly the same as what I've just discussed, I just love, I really like blue as a colour on a watch. So, you love the Alpine-inspired colours. It is. So Chamonix um, is, we often say, when you're in getting to ultra running and trail running, it's Chamonix, is Af- if I pronounce that, I have pronounced that correctly. Mm-hmm. Chamonix is um, often described, and, and this is words taken from Chorus' site, but I, I have seen this written down before, the spiritual home of trail running. And we've got the, the big event that they do over there, the Mont Blanc Ultra Trail Run that's going on at the moment so that's a massive event for trail runners and ultra runners so what they've done with the new apex 2 pro chamonix edition they've limited the release to 3000 watches worldwide and it's really the colors john's just mentioned alpine inspired colors but it's a lovely sort of shimmering blue bezel and the back of the watch is i know you don't often see the back of the watch but it's a lovely blue it's a hard color to describe because it's it's it's, it's more like an aqua blue. An aqua it? blue, yeah. yeah. And it's meant to be like a yeah, greeny blue. So the idea is when we look at Mont Blanc, and I've actually, since I've got the watch, and uh, looked at some pictures of Mont Blanc, and because of this event, big event going on at the moment, when you actually look at the mountain, I see what they mean about you've got the green lower slopes, and then you get the blue and grey as we go into the higher elevations with the rock, um, so the blue for the sky, when it, you know, really bright blue sky above Mont Blanc, and then the sort of glacier greys of the rock. And what they've done is they've inspired the colours of the watch with these greeny blues taken from Mont Blanc and the greys. So really, it was, I didn't need to change the watch. I was loving the one I was using. I haven't gained any extra features, so just to be clear on that, but for the same price, limited edition, I like the idea of limited edition, only 3,000. I like to be different, and I just love the blue colours of the bezel. It, I, yeah, and it does look nice. I know I know. when I showed it to my wife when first I said, what do you think of this? And normally she's, like, she's not too enthusiastic about this. She actually really like that colour. So she had, she, yeah, she's, I had to carefully well. say, my wife would notice I've changed watches. <laughs> what have you changed watches for? Were you not happy with that one? But actually, again, joking, you know, she, um, my wife's seen it and said the same. I love those colours. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I love to be different and I love the blue colour. So we've still got a small amount of stock. I don't know if we're going to be able to get any more in because it was limited. So I think if you do want the Chamonix edition, have a look on my website. We have sold a few, quite a few online yeah. now. So I think I'm going to try and order some more, I think maybe even today or tomorrow to see how many they've got left in stock. So we'll maybe order another dozen or something like that. And then we've got them in stock because again, I think it is going to sell. Well, it is sold since we've had them. They've been selling more of those than any of the yeah. other watches. I mean, I've got the manufacturer's video on there, which shows the watch off nicely. And also my unboxing video when I unboxed my own watch that as soon as it came in, I purchased from you. So yeah. Fantastic. So if you want to find out more about the Chorus Apex 2, please do go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. Click on GPS Store on the top menu bar and GPS Watches. Next thing on this month's GPS Training Podcast is a new YouTube series that we started on Wednesday of this week. Have you seen it yet, Andy, or not? Did you watch it or not? I have, yes. I was watching because I watched the one on the OS Planner. That's fantastic. You don't think that I don't watch the stuff? Well, you know... I always say this to people like, no, Andy and I, kind of, we work in the same office, but we're always so busy. First time we kind of sit down and have a chat with each other when we come to record the podcast. So we don't, I don't preempt Andy and go, have you watched the video that we're going to talk about? So yeah, it's good. So what this is, this is a series I'm going to do is I'm going to do it every fortnight. And what I'm doing is going to answer the frequently asked question we get asked about a number of subjects. The first one that I released was about um, the free Odin survey route plan software. So I asked like the six or seven most common questions people ask us uh, regarding that. The next one, which will be in two weeks' time, 
is the frequently asked question we get asked about people with built-in batteries. So again, because Andy and myself, we speak to customers all the time. We get asked the same questions all the time. What happens when that battery comes to end of life? What happens with this? You know, how how do you download the free owning survey route plan? So if you don't download the free owning survey route plan, you do it online within a browser. Um, so I've sat down and I've written down a, a number of other subjects I'm going to do. So I think I'm going to do one on Garmin Basecamp. How accurate is a GPS unit? Uh, what's your GPS unit? You know, how do we work out the trading price when we do a trading price for GPS unit? And what mapping options are there? I know we're going to discuss that a little bit later in the podcast. So it's literally just me sat down and um, I answer the questions that we get asked a, a lot. And to be honest, I'm doing this because if, if there's a subject you would like me to cover in future FAQs, um, which is, I say, something I'm doing on YouTube, please let us know. Leave a comment on YouTube down below. Um, and I'll cover that subject. And my idea is I do one every fortnight. We have our normal video, which will be a walk and talk or one of his Andy's unboxing videos or something like that. Then we'll have an FAQs one week. One week. Next week, we'll have a, a video on no, X, Y, and Z and FAQs the next week. So my idea is we're going to do this for the next three or four months. Answer the FAQ. So if there's any subject you would like me to cover, please let us know. Drop us an email. Leave a comment in the comment box on YouTube and have a, have a look at it. And actually quite humbling. I've not mentioned this to Andy so far. I did actually mention in the free route planning software, um, is it like one of the questions was, is, is this going to be free forever? It was a question we get asked all the time. So um, I, didn't, I don't know if I mentioned the podcast. We do pay you know, quite a few thousand pounds a year for the free route planning software. I actually made a comment saying, if you enjoy it, there's a button underneath on YouTube where people can give me a, a super thanks. And actually, a few people overnight have pressed it, Andy, and I've got, yeah, a, a, got a bit of money donated to us. It's absolutely brilliant. So it's quite really nice to wake up this morning, and uh, and a few people have donated a few pounds uh, towards it. And and again, that's that helps me a little bit because I don't know if people know. Um, I have to convince my fellow board members every year to uh, invest the X thousand pounds in the free route planning software. So if I can say, oh, a few of the uh, listeners or users have donated a few pounds. It really just helped me in my uh, in my getting my evidence together for that. So really thank those people. I think there's three or four people so far. I really do appreciate it. Um, so again, that's it. So if you if you got any subjects you'd like me to cover in FAQs, um, and again, I'll liaise with Andy. So if you speak to Andy on the phone, if he's doing any tech support, no, drop some ideas there and uh, hopefully answer those in the coming months. If you want to watch the video I'm talking about, please go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. Click on news at the top and then the top story you'll see is frequently asked questions we get asked about dot, 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 dot. And that will answer those questions. Next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is um, various mapping options. So what we're going to do now is to quickly discuss the various mapping options that are available on an outdoor GPS unit. So um, when you buy a GPS unit or a modern GPS unit, um, there's a lot of them now come preloaded with what's called topoactive mapping. And then you have the options of 1 to 50,000 and 1 to 25,000 maps. So what we're quickly going to go through with Andy is the various, what the differences are between these um, these map options. So first of all, Andy, he's rummaging through his notes because there's no notes on this. He's going to do this all off the top of your head. I'm testing you now, Andy. Is the topoactive mapping. What is topoactive mapping? What units do we get on? It's the majority of them now, isn't it? Yeah. Really? So on and the Garmin units, if you look at everything from the E-Trex 22, the E-Trex 32, the new GPS Map 67 series, the GPS Map 65 series, 
the 66 series, which I know has been phased out, but you did get it with the 66i and the 66SR was the only two models in the 66 series and the Montana 700 series. You get the Topo Active maps that cover every country in Europe. Um, I think the word active, I always look at that, the way Garmin described that, it's a mapping that has routable data and active maps. So it's not just a flat scan of a paper map that you overlay a route on. You can actually, using the map and say, take me from A to B, and it will snap onto potentially paths, trails, and roads. Um, I've noticed over the years the mapping's getting better all the time. It's taking up more memory each time because they're improving it. They're adding the last updates um, that came out a couple of months ago, which is a top me into the 2023.10 version. Remember that? Um, it's added contour lines to, not. I don't know if it's every country, but I've certainly noticed it in the UK when I've moved over to France and Spain, etc. So some of the smaller units that have a lesser memory, you can't download the whole of Europe. But what's quite nice now is some of these things like the Etrex 22 and 32, and if you've got something like the Montana with the I version, the 700i or 750i, where it's got other maps that we're gonna cover, you do get a prompt now in Garmin Express, which you use on a computer normally to download the maps. Do you want to pick a region? And you can, it's split into three regions now, Western Europe, Central Europe, and East Europe. And you get a little map showing you which regions covered so you can pick oh, i haven't got enough memory for the whole of europe but i can put this section on i mean i know top of my head the 67 units got enough memory for the whole of europe so there's certainly no issues there with the 67 having the whole of europe on and they're super accurate these aren't they because they come from originally from satellite imagery and open source data yeah, they like, are they're very very accurate yeah, nasa data um, members of walking groups that submit data to the open source um forums and that um, I find them very accurate. They don't, I suppose the, the difficulty we have is, this is talking on a, a, a UK perspective where we're so used to ordnance survey maps where we have a map key that says, this is a public right away, this is a long distance trail, this is a boat byway open to all traffic. With this digital map, you can move your cursor on a touchscreen, touch on a line, because you're not sure what it is, and it'll say fence, wall, trail, path, um, but it's not necessarily telling you it's a right of way. I have noticed the long distance trails, things like the Pennine Way, um, etc. They are you sometimes see that label on the trail, very accurate as well. And there's free updates for life, which I assume is going to continue on these maps. So they're getting updated all of the time. Um, cyclists love them. It's the same map that we've had on cycling units for a long time. I know they're not designed for road navigation. So I know if you say I'm in a car or a motorbike, take me from A to B, it'll say this map is not suitable. It's a recreational map. But if you tell it you want a bike on a tour cycle, it will snap onto the roads. But if there's any paths marked on it, you can change the routing on your unit to say you're hiking and it will snap onto the paths. Now this won't work on the Etrex 22s and 32s. They'll do this tour cycling and you basically tell it your road navigation. But on the bigger units, the likes of the 65s, the 67s, the Montanas, you can snap onto paths. It's just known if you're able to go on the paths. That's the only difficulty I sometimes have if I'm going to use that function. Yes, and, and that's the key thing is they do fantastic digital map, lovely and clear, very accurate. 
But the problem also we have in England and Wales, less of a, a problem in Scotland because you can go wherever you want right to, rights of way. So we, they don't show rights of way. Everything just shows a path. It doesn't say it was a putback, footpath, bridleway, or frankly, a private drive. So that's the downside of it. So this is why most people, not everybody, but most people tend to add ordnance survey maps onto their GPS. As Andy says, it's kind of how we've been brought up we know um, we know how to we know what they mean and also they show is the right way so when we look at ordinance survey maps we've got 1 to 50k and 1 to 25k I, I meant we, to say one just before we move on to the ordinance survey map something I discovered only recently and it wasn't really mentioned in the spec of the new 67 series that we stuck when you go into your 67 series you can now update the maps via wi-fi rather than just using a computer and garmin express so that might come to other units i don't know in the future and um, it would more than likely be the latest units not the old old units but as well as being able to do europe i've noticed on the 67 there's choices for lots of other countries you can actually select i noticed there was australia new zealand um, various Asia, America, North America. So there's other total active maps. I don't know what they're going to look like. I've not used them before. But actually, on the 67 series, they're giving you access to a lot more maps for free, not just total active Europe. That'd be great if you're on a holiday in the outside Europe or you're working yeah. overseas or something. That'd be a really good base I think level start. Anyone going on holiday, I mean, certainly at the minute, the base ones for Europe, if you're going on holiday, it's a great map, especially if you're on guided tours or you're downloading GPX routes onto the unit. You've got that mapping already. So I'd forgotten about that before That's we good. talked about the Ordnance Survey maps. So Ordnance Survey, 150k and 125k. What's the main differences other than price, I must add, at yeah. this point? <laughs> I mean, to me, I mean, I know when you delve into the ins and outs of the maps, you'll probably come up with a few more that I've forgotten about. But the main difference when I look at a 1 to 25 map over a 1 to 50, so 1 to 25 scale being the more detailed explorer maps, 1 to 50 being the lesser detailed land ranger maps, the ones we buy as a paper map with a pink cover. So if you look at the more detailed 1 to 25, they have field boundaries marked. So you see the shape of the fields. So it's a big thing for me. On both maps, you might have the footpath marked. We know it's different co uh, colour coding. So let's just look at a public right-of-way footpath. I can see some pink dashes on the 1 to 50 map ahead of me. On the 1 to 25 map, I can see some green dashes but the path goes very close to a field boundary. When I get to, let's just say, two fields in front of me, potentially there's not a sign there, there's not a style there, there's just two farmer's gates, and you could be looking in both fields if it's not a well-marked, sorry, well-walked, should I say, path. And, you, and when you're looking at the GPS, even though we get accuracy potentially down to six feet now on, on newer GPSs, you're still thinking, I'm a left field, I'm a right field. The beauty of the 1 to 25 map, I zoom in closer, I can then see, ah, my green dashes are to the right of this black line for the field boundary. I'm in the right field. So that is the big advantage for me. I know we have contour lines that are more defined. Your, your crags are more defined. Um, it's the public ask access. Yeah, you got right to open access, the right to roam, the yellow areas. It's marked on a yeah, 1 to yeah. 25 and not on a 1 yeah, to 50. Exactly right. And your permissive footpaths on 125k mapping, which you yeah. don't. It's quite funny, it's interesting you'll say about field boundaries because this is a, um, a good friend of ours, Paul Freeman, who's been on the podcast in the past. When he's done events, he always says the hardest place to navigate is not on the hilltop, it's down in the fields in the valley bottom. So it's very, yeah. really, uh, we haven't discussed it, but it's very interesting you're saying, actually, which gate do I go through into which field? Actually, that's often the hardest place to navigate when you're in the lowlands. Often there's people around, farmers around and things, you're a bit unsure and actually need to be a little bit more accurate where the 125k mapping 
comes into its own where you're up on the hilltop where you're walking the Pennine Way or something. One to 50, one to 50 days completely adequate. <clears throat> yeah. So it's interesting that you gave that example because I remember Paul saying that in the hardest panel he found to navigate when he's, especially at night time and things when he's doing an event was the lower levels where you're going through fields and things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that you get the I same mean, a example. big thing I always advise customers, I mean, we've got our free Ordnance Survey Planner where you can plan on a more detailed map. And the top tip I always give customers, so anyone out there who's bought a unit with a 1 to 50 map, but you're able to plan on a more detailed map, it might be you've paid for, there's lots of different apps out there where you might be paying for an app you're planning on that has 1 to 25 mapping. If you see a path that is hugging a field boundary, very close to a field boundary, over-exaggerate your line as you draw it. So say the path is just to the right of a field boundary, draw your line a little bit further to the right so that when you get to that field where there's two fields with your 1 to 50 map it's clear for you to say ah i need to be in the right field because i've got this drawn slightly over to the right of the path so there's a top tip early today that's a great tip that's yeah very good especially if you can plan on that 125k map and if you've got 150k mapping on your units i mean i love i mean i think the advantage and you'll probably i'm sure agree john having the 1 to 25 map on the unit and when you yes when you've planned a route it's still an advantage but when you haven't planned a route or you have to deviate and then suddenly you haven't got that line to follow that you've drawn where you've maybe over exaggerated it and you need to see as much detail as you can on the map to work out how you're going to get off that hillside in a different way to what you'd planned seeing that more detailed map with the field boundaries is definitely going to be a help it's that benefit as well because when you see the field boundaries especially in those lowland areas you you can kind of think at it. we just out the weekend bank holiday weekend just been and uh, we just out walking um somewhere never been before even just out with my wife and, and the dog and out walking and then she was saying oh where do we when do we come out of these fields and drop back down to the riverside i can look at that oh, it's another field and a half then we need yeah. to look off going there but where if it's a 150k mapping i wouldn't have that information i could look right going through this field it's the next field and then come out the next field we need to look off the path going off on our right hand side that drops back down to the river and that's where the 125k mapping comes into it so you could like oh, okay this is the field i need to pay attention to rather than the 150k mapping i wouldn't know i was coming across that field boundary and i'd say that's where the as you rightly said, often the most complicated places to navigate is down in the valley bottoms where there's lots of... You can read the lie of the land better exactly when you're right. on to 25 map. I'm not going to... You know, the 1 to 50 map's still a great map. At home, I've got paper maps 1 to 50 that I sometimes carry, depending what I'm doing. I know a lot of cyclists who are maybe going on bridle tracks, um, um, sorry, boats open to all traffic, that sort of activity, potentially would probably prefer a 1 to 50 map. Um, you know it is personal choice but if you can afford it and you're doing a lot of hiking and walking where you want to see those field boundaries in 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 great britain i would recommend you know the one to 25 map mm. is what i i mean it's what i use it doesn't mean you have to use it but it's my favorite choice mainly because of the all the other features we've mentioned like the contour lines mean more to find and the open access and everything to me it's still the field boundaries is the big thing yeah that's brilliant so those are the three options really when you're looking at buying a gps you know, the top active mapping which a lot of units as andy rightly say now comes preloaded with it and then you can either buy it bundled in with 150k mapping or 125k mapping i use a phrase bundled in with it so again if you are buying a new GPS unit, do buy your mapping in with your unit because you will get it a discounted rate. I mean, rate. the main change, the other thing is, um, if you have bought the Montanas with the I version, you do get something called City Navigator maps with those, which is exactly the same mapping that we have on Garmin car GPSs. 
really because the Montana is a device that can fit on a motorbike or you can get a car mounting pair of Bluetooth headphones so you get the turn left, turn right for car navigation. So the 700i Montana and 750i do also come with City Navigator Europe maps, which is really purely for road navigation, not the sort of off-road activities, which are really the core of what we do with GPS training. But it's nice to know you do get those maps as well with those two units. That's brilliant. So if you want to find out more and see what each of these map options look like, the easiest way is to go to our website, which as you know is gpstraining.co.uk. In the top right-hand corner, you'll see there's a magnifying glass. Just tap on the magnifying glass and then you can type into the search box. I just type in map options. And what you'll find on our website, it puts the products at the top, but then underneath it says page and articles. Underneath this is one that says Garmin mapping options for an outdoor GPS unit. And there's a couple of videos there. One showing you what they look like in Garmin Basecamp. And then the video underneath shows you what each of those looks like um, on a Garmin GPS unit as well. So that's a really good spot to have a look. And then you can work out what each of those maps look like. <music> Next thing on this month's GPS training is Andy's top tips. So, importing to Chorus app. So, sticking on theme, yeah. Andy, well done. So, with the Chorus watch, you get a app. So, you load an app on your iPhone or Android phone, simply search for the Chorus app, and then you pair that with your watch, and that's how you can sync all your activities, see what you've done. You can easily convert activities into routes to re-navigate, which is brilliant. But what I've noticed recently, now this isn't really a Coros issue, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Before my Android phone that I use had an update recently, I'm on Android 13 now, I was able to, any GPX file that I downloaded to my Android phone, I would just touch on that file and say open with, and I get a choice of apps to open it with. I've noticed recently, when I do a look certain downloads, depending where the GPX files go on my phone, I tend to find if for some reason, if they go to the Google files and downloads, when I then go and say open with, I don't see the Coros app there as an option. I still, even though I see some other apps, there's some other, sorry, I'd still see some of the apps I could use before, but there's also other apps other than the Coros that have now disappeared. That's why I'm pretty sure it's not a Coros issue and it's just because my phone's had an update, but there's an extremely simple solution and it doesn't make any harder to import into the Coros app. So if you've got a Coros watch from us and you want to import a GPX file into the Coros app, which then allows you to sync it with your watch and you're on an Android phone and you find when you touch on the GPX file, you don't get the option when you say open with to see the Chorus app. What I find in my Google file downloads on my Android phone, if I touch the three black dots to the right hand side in my downloads of the GPX, sorry, the GPX file that I want to import into Chorus, you also get the option share. And I simply touch on share in the Chorus apps there. Touch on the Chorus app and it's literally instantly in there and you get the option to rename and save it and then automatically it actually says do you want to sync this with your watch and if you do that it's really quick so it's really just using the share function instead of the open with you may find depending on your android phone you're still able to say open with but it's just for anyone whose android phones had an update recently and you notice that function's not there anymore just use share with and then select the chorus app fantastic brilliant and the next one it's on theme, top active maps for tour cycling. So uh... yeah. so when you've got a Garmin unit office and handheld unit and you've also purchased an Ordnance Survey map card, there will be times when 
you may be doing an activity like cycling in Great Britain and you want to turn off or hide your Ordnance Survey map and use the topoactive viewer maps that we've just been talking about that I find far easier when I'm cycling. Now, if you leave your Ordnance Survey map card in your device and you go to Europe, that map will automatically load. But when you're in Great Britain and you've got your Ordnance Survey map card in your unit, that's the one that takes precedent over the topoactive Europe. So what you need to do is turn off the Ordnance Survey regions for them um, that are on your unit. So if you you might be on, I've just used uh, GPS Map 67 as an example. All A lot of the units have the same option where you go to the main menu and profile change. And one of the options is tour cycle. So if you then select tour cycle and it will now route on the roads and let you say, take me from A to B. But you decide when well, I'm doing road navigation. So I don't want to see the Ordnance Survey map. If you go into your main menu on any of the units and you look for the option that says map manager on all their units it's or if you haven't updated the software in your unit it will be called configure maps so set up from main menu the maps menu and then either map manager and configure maps and what you're looking for is if you bought the 1 to 50 map topo pro 1 to 50 and touch screen you touch on it and the little colored tab changes the gray to disable it on a push button unit you just move your cursor onto the 1 to 50 map and press enter um, on the older units you make sure your topoactive maps are enabled on the newer units it's automatically enabled like said the 67 if you bought the 1 to 25 ordnance survey map card that's split into five regions north scotland south scotland east england West England and North England and Isle of Man. Um, so you turn off the one for the region that you're in. If you're not sure and you think, I'm not sure where the split is, you can turn them all off. Just remember to turn them back on. So as soon as you turn them off by either pressing enter on each region or touching on it on the touchscreen unit, when you go back to your map screen, you will then see the total active European map. What's nice with these maps, you can actually change the detail level of what you see. So normally it's set as a mid-level, what they call normal detail. If you decide you want to improve it and add a few extra contour lines or extra, if you've updated your maps, that is, to the latest version, or extra icons when you're in an urban environment to do with car parks, public houses, cafes, etc. If you go back into your main menu, back into setup and back into map, there's an option called advanced setup. An advanced setup you see detail level and then you can change that detail level from normal to a higher or higher one and improve the detail level you see on that digital topoactive map it's not necessarily just for cycling that you might want to do this it's just a good example that i get a lot of cyclists say to me i can see the ordnance survey say the 1 to 25 map and i want to do road cycling I don't want to see that detailed map when I'm road cycling. So it's just a nice way to know that that's what you have to do if you've bought the Ordnance Survey map. Turn that off to allow you to see the other map in the background. Fantastic. Brilliant. So if you want more top tips, don't forget there's plenty in the online resource. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on online resource on the top menu bar. And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS Training Podcast. Is there anything you'd like to cover in future episodes please do get in touch and please do get in touch with ourselves if you're thinking about buying an outdoor GPS unit. If you can join us in one of the physical GPS training courses we do around the country, alternatively, we do lots of these one-to-ones over Zoom now, so Andy's very busy most days doing Zoom calls with people, so do a two-hour Zoom, just go to our website 
and then look on GPS training course at the top and you'll see the physical training course around the country and also the online courses which include the Zoom one-to-ones. If you can tell a friend about GPS training podcasts and also about GPS training as a business if they're looking for a GPS unit, that is very much appreciated and you can leave us a snazzy review on whatever platform you listen to. We will give you a big happy smile here at GPS Training. So many thanks, Andy, for joining me. Are you all ready for Saturday? Nice early start, let's see, isn't it? Yeah, we've signings from 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. We don't start till 8, 8.30. 8.30, then off we go, running, walking, bit of both. You're going to run, Andy, you're going to leave all your run. friends, aren't you? It's quite steep, mind you. It's a hilly route. I've got the Great North Run the weekend after, so I, I don't want any injuries. Oh. So that would be my excuse. That's your excuse. Taking it easy. I've got a big picnic basket we're taking up with us. That sounds perfect. <laughs> Drop it in one of the many checkpoints that you're going to go en route. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so again, many thanks everybody for joining us on this month's GPS training podcast. It is very much appreciated and have a good month, whatever you're planning to do. Thanks for listening to the GPS training podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation.